Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, Believe Nation? It is Believing Commanders. I'm Anthony Armstrong. I'm here with my man, Brian Murphy. He's all the way in the ATL. I'm in Dallas, Texas. What's going on, Brian? How you feeling? I'm good. Another victory Monday, another freaking awesome Monday. So uh, I'm feeling that. good. It makes Monday a little bit better when you're coming in after another dub, three in a row. Can't believe three we're saying that. In a row, three in a row. I can tell you, I don't know if I would have bet that would have happened, no, but I, I'm glad that it did. I'm really glad I, that it did. Yeah, I don't know if I would have bet that either, but Bet Online brings you the show every week. And don't forget that basketball is back. I know we're all about football, but basketball is back. We're couple weeks into the season and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long and we feature the triple a parlay that uh we'll, we'll have to talk about later but always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's nfl nba nhl mma tennis boxing or even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our code BLEAV, believe, and uh, you'll receive your rewards. And remember, bet online where the game starts. Yes, indeed. I love that place. I love it. Um, I didn't, I forgot to press enter on, on the AAA parlay. I think it hit, though. I'd have to go I'm, back I'm and review the tape. I'm going to say it hits hit. every week. Nobody can check hit. us because I forgot to hit download on our, our episode. I'm, I'm failing on that. Anyway, hey, Commanders won three in a row. Yes, indeed. Yes, they did. And, and honestly, it was a solid performance. I mean, yeah, you know, they, they, they eked it out. They eked it out. And, you know, mind you, I always have to say I, I watch it, uh, listen to it on the radio first. So I got to hear, you know, everybody's the voices of the Washington Commander, Julie Donaldson, Bram Weinstein, and, and the legendary London Fletcher. Um, and they had me dancing around my kitchen. So I was yeah. super excited to hear uh, the, the, the commander get that W. The biggest takeaway for me is that my daughter is uh, just about two and a half. And she is at the point where she totally understands um, emotions, right? So when I jump up, when Terry McLaurin snags that ball away from Stephon Gilmore, she was terrified. So I quickly had to be like, oh, oh, yay, yay. <laughs> but, I was, yeah, I was jumping all over, too. What a win for that team. I need to go back and listen to the radio call because I know those three do a great job. But, man, was that exciting. And, man, you can't say enough. You can't say enough about the entire team, but specifically Terry McLaurin. Spooky season. We're, we're recording this on Halloween. Scary Terry came to play. It was a homecoming for him. I think he said he had 70 friends and family in the building. And yeah. they did not leave disappointed. Seventeen yeah. was on fire yesterday. Yeah, and and he had uh, I think it was a tweet he had, had interview. Some someone had tweeted that he uh, Marvin Harrison had approached him before the game and asked him for a picture, and he was saying that it came full wow. circle that 
that was his favorite uh, receiver. He dressed up as Marvin Harrison multiple Halloweens. Um, and I, I tweeted, I was like, that's my favorite receiver too. Like, oh wow. my gosh, I love Marvin Harrison. Love Terry McLaurin. It's great that they you got to meet and he, he got to show out in front of his hero. You know, that's that's big, man. That's something that as a kid, yeah. you, you know, you never really think is going to happen. But like, that's huge. That's that'd be a, a very special moment. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And you got to think that Terry, knowing what kind of guy he is, you know, he's going to mentor Marvin Harrison Jr. being a fellow Buckeye there. So yeah. you got to imagine that that re relationship is just getting going. So that's yeah. incredible. I didn't even hear that. I didn't even think about, you know, the fact that all those guys were in the building. Peyton Manning was there. You know, there were a bunch of guys from those legendary Colts, Colts teams there. So yeah. very cool. Just an incredible moment. And it felt like, um, a realization, you know, it's something that us DC, us, us commanders fans have seen for years now, but it felt like the whole NFL now is on notice about Scary Terry. I mean, he, not that it's everything, but the, the main NFL account was tweeting about him and posting on their Instagram about Terry McLaurin. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I'm just, what a good dude and what a guy to, to go out there and, and, and make plays uh, in, a, in a big place that, that means a lot to him. It was just so cool. Absolutely. He shows up when the lights are bright. And yeah. even and, and the one thing that's so impressive to me is that he he will show up in in that moment, even if he doesn't get it, even if that's his first pass. He's not involved right. until late right. in the game, but he makes the play like he's been in rhythm all the time. Like that makes you a very special player. And you have to understand, like as much as as, as frustrating as it gets, it, you're not getting him the ball. They don't necessarily just scheme plays and just get him the ball. Like you see that in a lot of other places, just to get somebody numbers because they they want those numbers. Terry is much of I, I gotta feel like he's as much of a teammate, team player, that he says that's fine. I, my the way that I'm affecting the game is getting other guys open, yep. and then eventually he's gonna get his, and he and it shows time and time again. So I mean, kudos to him, favorite receiver in the league, uh, Terry McLaurin, well deserved man. Yeah, I, I mean, we could sit here and gush for an hour on Terry McLaurin. This could be a Terry McLaurin-centric podcast. But what about the Commanders? They topped the the Colts in Indy, and uh, Taylor Heineke made just enough plays when it mattered the most. Another guy that just seems to show up when the lights are the brightest. You know, you can put him back against the corner, but as long as there's time on the clock, that guy's going to try to make plays. And, um, you know, he doesn't have the arm that Carson Wentz has. He doesn't have maybe the stature that Carson Wentz has, but – he got out of some situations that would have very easily been uh, sacks, that very easily would have been potential negative plays. It wasn't perfect, just like the entire team wasn't perfect, but I can't say enough about Taylor Heineke and the job that he is doing, pulling out uh, kind of Houdini, uh, these these wins these last couple of weeks. And uh, I love it, and it's it's awesome to watch on top of what Terry's doing too. You know, he it, it, it's definitely – it brings a calm to to you, even though, like I said, we've said it before, it, there's definitely some stress that comes with it uh, with Taylor Heineke being a quarterback. I mean, that's just how he plays. Um, but I know that whenever I heard that there was like a minute and a half or however long was left on the clock for that final drive, I, I had full confidence that Taylor was going to be able to lead that team down there and get points. I didn't have any you know, inkling in my mind like, oh, here we go, like something bad's going to happen. None of that crossed my mind. I was yeah. like, this kid, he's built for these moments. He's a scrappy player. This team is scrappy, and, and they fit together. It's going to be ugly sometimes, but they, they come away with the win. They've come away with the win three in a row. I mean, hey, you, you were trying to downplay the one against Chicago, but that was the momentum to get this thing rolling. Yeah. 
Yeah, you don't ever apologize for a win, and they haven't been pretty at times. And uh, it seems like Taylor Heineke has gotten going now two straight weeks after he's thrown a bad pick. So maybe his first pass needs to just be an interception, get it out of the way in the first <laughs> quarter because he just comes back and he fires off some some missiles and he makes some plays after that. It's like he needs to wake up with the interception. That's yeah. not a great habit, but, man, has it been fun it's, to watch. It's, it's a breakfast ball. It's a breakfast yeah. ball. You get that first tea time, that first one. Hey, you didn't get to warm up. Shoot, you shank one. That's fine. Cool. Second shot right down the fairway. I mean, I can say this. I'm not sure if we're going to get to this specifically, but I want to point out just from watching the game, I had to, you know, went back and watched the condensed version. A lot of the completions were short to running backs and to check downs. Mm-hmm. But that is because the plays were pushed downfield and that was where they had to get to. Yeah. Whereas when you've seen earlier in the season, averaging four yards, five yards an attempt was everybody was running short routes for Carson Wentz. Now you're seeing guys attack downfield and then you're checking down to Antonio Gibson, who has 12 to 15 yards of of space before there's a defender even showing up. That's a good situation to be in. I don't know what the difference is. And I think maybe last week you feel more comfortable calling plays with Taylor because he's going to read it out correctly. Uh, But I, I liked how this mix looked. I, I did. I, I did want to see some more out of the running game, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you. I think after what they did against the Packers, you thought the running game was finally getting going. Kind of hit a, a stop there. I don't know if they abandoned it or went away from it too early. I don't know what the issue was there, but I, I was with you. And I kind of look at those short passes almost as like an extension of the running game, getting the ball to Antonio Gibson in space. I'll take that, you know, as it, as our quote unquote running play, but I'm with you. I think that that's kind of a little bit of growth with Taylor Heineke. I think that he's, uh, he's willing to take those and, and not force it. You know, we saw him, you know, force the, the, the ball to Terry and that was a big play, but the, the, the interception was, uh, I think they hit his arm. So yeah. we didn't see him really put the ball in harm's way a whole lot of times. And that, that's, that's all you can ask for. And I know you, yeah. you don't, you want to do away with the, the mistakes, obviously, but yeah, yeah, when it mattered most, they got the job done. Yeah. Um, it, it was a streaky game. Obviously they you know, they score the touchdown, their third possession of the game. Um, and then um, from there they go downs, punt, or I'm sorry, punt, punt, downs, punt, punt. And then they throw a pick. Um, so that's pretty bad when you're when you're sitting there and then all of a sudden you're staring at a two score deficit. It, it felt like you could very easily give up there. Um, well, and I was glad to see that they didn't. Well, you know, I was getting, going back to watch the game. There was a very key point right there that that I think really could have changed how how the game would have looked for you know moving forward. Right before halftime, when Taylor Heineke was scrambling. And he slid. And mm-hmm. from my interpretation, I thought he started to slide at least like right on top of the first down line. Yeah. Not a bit before. They marked him short. And then that uh, ended up being what, like a third and one. And then Brian Robinson got stopped. And then it forced you to a punt. Yeah. You missed out on three points for sure. That puts it up to a 10 to seven game You know, on the screen now. Even if all the rest of the scoring goes the same, you're looking at uh, 16 to 10 with much more time to go. Um, so, you know, the ending didn't have to be as exciting, but I did make a note that I found that these past three games, Washington has, has found a way to win mm-hmm. rather than finding a way to lose. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. And then, you know, when it, when it mattered, like I said, when it mattered most, they, they turned it on and then their final two drives, 
they put together two heck of a drives. I mean, take up eight minute, eight and a half minutes or so, uh, 12 plays, 82 yards for a field goal, which it felt kind of underwhelming that you went 12 plays and only got a field goal. But then we knew that they, they got another chance, nine plays, 89 yards, and the game-winning touchdown of Taylor Heineke, a uh, little step into the end zone. So, uh, yeah, they did it when it mattered most. Uh, one of the stats I told you to remind me of, of a couple of things I saw on uh, Twitter. So up until yesterday – the commanders slash the football team slash the Redskins were one and let me find it. They were one in 128 since the year 2000 when trailing by multiple scores in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. So they go down 16 to seven uh, under five minutes and they come back and win. It was only the second time that they have done that in that scenario since 2000. The only other time was the Santana Moss two-touchdown game on Monday Night Football. So two memorable games, two huge comebacks, and um, uh, rare history there. Uh, to be down two scores that late and to win is incredible. It really is. But let's not make that a habit. No, not at all. No, it's okay to it's okay to build on uh, touchdown drives with other touchdown drives. I promise. Yeah. It, it makes things exciting. But when you when you go back and you look at just the box score, looking at the the statistics overall, fairly even game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, turnovers. You know, they were in the plus category there. Uh, even on sacks, uh, we had a couple more punts uh, with Washington, but you know, we forced two fumbles. So it was good to see some turnovers getting forced. Um, Got to give some love to to Defoe on forcing the fumble on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. That's not any. That's not a you know easy guy to, to yeah. get the ball out of. So man, that guy's gonna show him to be a player. Um, I'm glad he's out there making an impact on defense. How about uh, how about Jamin Davis too? Kind of keeps you in the game. He makes a play on the goal line that keeps you in the game. Uh, he looked like he was flying around, and he was he was the linebacker yesterday. Cole Holcomb was out. Um, I didn't. I, I wasn't watching the start of the game. I found out that Cam Curl was calling the plays. That was typically a Cole Holcomb with the green dot on his helmet. Um, but Jamin Davis was the linebacker, and he, yeah. he made some plays and uh, he made some things happen. And I really like what I've seen over this last month from Jamin yeah. Davis. Good. Um, yes. Yes. So I went. And I saw the play where he stopped Jonathan Taylor on uh, at the one. I one. I heard. I heard it. That's a great radio call too. I was yelling and screaming. I think I might have been at like my kid's soccer game. Um, so they're out there watching kids chase the ball around. I'm screaming and jumping around because Jamin Davis just, you know, put a brick wall on Jonathan Taylor. So I was excited for that. Um, this was the, they they played really well. He played awesome. Um, Cam Curl mm-hmm. calling those plays. You got to give the coaches some love. Yeah, that's that's a way to just kind of be a little creative. Let's work around some things. I, I help keep doing it moving forward. Yeah. Even, even when Cole Hogan comes back, let Cam just be the voice. Well, here, here is my worry. That's why I asked that was I, I knew Cole Holcomb wasn't playing and that. And then afterwards I was like, Oh wait, that means that somebody else is going to have to call the plays. What I was really nervous was going to happen was I had seen, uh, I think I couldn't watch the first drive or whatever. So I wasn't sure what the defense was doing. I had seen that David Mayo was in the game. And what I was nervous that they were going to do was make John Bostic or David Mayo just the play caller, have him out there just to call the play. So I'm with you. That is a great adjustment by the defensive staff to say, hey, we're not going to limit ourselves. 
We're going to mix it up a little bit, but we're going to keep our best 11 players on there because I feel like a couple of years ago they would have put a, a slow linebacker, a slow veteran linebacker out there just for the leadership quality. And that speaks volumes to what Cam Curl's doing. And I, I, I agree with you, a hat tip there to, to the defense, defensive staff for, for not getting in their own way. Yeah, I, I was listening to a post game pod, um, and they one, one of the guys on there, he was, he was saying, he's like, I don't really see it with Cam Curl. Like he's not, uh, he doesn't make any plays. Hearing the fact that he's calling the defense, and he's frankly, we have to say that the defense has probably the, the level of defense has improved. Yeah, uh, oh, since yeah. he's been in there, it's been some, a level of consistency, um, and he's directing traffic. That's very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you know, there are a few safeties in this league that are just out outright just ball hawks, and you're going to see them all over the field. I mean, Teron Matthews been one of those guys for a long time. Uh, I mean, Jamal Adams, a name that comes up, but he never stays healthy. Right. You know, shoot, there's, there's not a lot. Safeties don't really get a chance to make a lot of those plays, but whenever you're the quarterback of the defense and you're getting everybody lined up and everybody's working at one unit, your value is 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 astronomical at that point. Yeah, and I saw that uh, whether it's because of um, him calling the plays or not, he played all the defensive snaps. And so you're right. It's not you, you might not have a huge game, especially as a safety. I mean, you're not going to pull down eight interceptions. I, mean, I think that's only something Ed Reed can do, but you can still impact the game in a bunch of different ways. Um, he was there. Uh, that's that's right. He he saved the touchdown where they thought where you thought it was a touchdown to Michael Pittman. That was Cam Curl that kept him out of the end zone. A little pop pass. And then he plowed uh, uh, Michael Pittman um, earlier in the game, too. So he definitely made his presence known. So, yeah, he's solid. And I, I don't know. I don't put a whole lot of stock into grades. You know, I think that there's a lot that is missed when you're doing the PFF grades. I think it's a good tool. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. But Cam Curl is one of the highest-rated defensive players in the league. He absolutely has made a difference for this team. And I think, like you said, it's no coincidence that they've been playing better when 31's been out there. That is the 100% truth. And I I think that at the end of the day, if I have to put a button or put a bow on this one, because, you know, 24-hour rules in effect. Right. We're coming up on 24 hours. My, 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 My bow to put on top of this one is enjoy it and just buckle up because you, you can't stop now. This train yeah. is rolling um, and, and you got a great chance to do something special. Just yeah. just keep on stacking them up and, and, and just get back to work. Yeah. You want to be taken seriously? Well, here are these next two weeks. You got probably the two best teams in the NFC coming uh, coming up. So, yeah, you, you get excited. You're at 500. Now go go make something of it. I'm with you. Uh, one thing, one thing, the other, the other stat I wanted to say, I know that the, the offense kind of stalled at different points and um, I said this out loud and my wife didn't care, didn't acknowledge me, but I said <laughs> second down is absolute garbage for this team. And I realized that I was actually, um, whoa, I just saw a tweet that Roquan Smith is going to the Ravens. My goodness. Oh my gosh. They feel like they don't ever do anything wrong. The rich get richer. My goodness. Anyway, that was not the tweet that I was thinking about. However, breaking news. Yeah. Um, the pod. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he was a guy that I was hoping that the commanders, you know, ponied up for. I feel but, like the price would just be too high, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I saw through the first three quarters yesterday that Washington was one of three teams, and this was the tops in the league, 7.3 yards per play on first downs. Miami and New Orleans were the other two. And that felt like it was accurate. I felt like first down was really good. 
second and third down were meh, and it led to these kind of stalled out drives. So hopefully you can get some consistency going. If that's the if that's you know, hey, I'll take it in a, in a win, but you know you can't let that come up on you. Got to be consistent throughout the game. Um, so hopefully the offense builds on some consistency there. But again, like you said, uh, move on from here. You got a big dub. You're back to 500. Now go make something happen. Well, you know, I mean, that comes down to you're going to get down to some self-scouting. You're going to start to see some um, what type of tendencies do you have. Um, You know, I bet if if you spend enough time watching tape, you might look and see like, okay, when it's second and sure, it looks like we tend to go towards the – a jet sweep and then we try to run the ball and then people kind of have a tip on that. So it's time to switch some things up. So seven yards on first down. That's, that's amazing. That's yeah. great. They put you in a, a, it's that type of performance on first down. You're so I'm surprised that you don't have this much more success on offense throughout the game. That's you know what, what I, mean? I, that's what I thought too. I think I, I, I want to kind of go back and see their second down plays, but it's like they tr- they felt like their entire playbook was open when they probably yeah. should have just done something a little more simple. But anyway, uh, a win is a win. You can build off that. You can correct that, and you got to with both uh, uh, Minnesota and Philly coming up next. So um, we're going to take a quick breather, let you hear from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the NFC East and uh, the NFL as a whole. So thank you for checking out Believe in Commanders. We'll be right back. All right. If you're watching us on video, that was an awkward pause, but it's okay. We needed a breather. Big, big win. We needed to take a deep breath. And now we got to get to the business. You know, four and four is solid, but it does not compare to the rest of the NFC East, who everybody is 500 or better. We know what the Eagles are doing. They're undefeated. The Cowboys uh, had a big win against the Bears yesterday. The Giants dropped the game to the potential MVP, Geno Smith. But how about the NFC East? It's been a while since these four teams have been uh, top-notch, and it looks like it's happening this year. This is uh, an exciting year <laughs> for football for some of the legendary teams of this league. I mean, all teams, what, 500 and above? I had to do a little yeah. dig, did a little research. Um, just trying to look ahead and see what, what was in store for, for Washington. and Because I, I remember seeing a tweet that said, at this point, all four teams from the NFC East could make it into the playoffs. They're very close to yeah. making it happen. I mean, as it sits, uh, Washington sits at eighth, eighth place, tied with San Francisco. Both teams are four and four. Yep. So uh, it's it, there's a there's and, a lot of stats in there. Go ahead. And, and they face the 49ers uh, later on, so they could settle this on the field. I mean, they they have the entire season right out in front of you. It's it's. It is a great story for the commanders to lose a starting quarterback, to have a, a, a journeyman quarterback come in and get you two straight wins. But this is turning into something that could be real as opposed to just being a really good story. Oh, absolutely. And seven of the remaining games that Washington has is against an opponent who is currently ahead of them in the standings uh, with Atlanta. Uh, they're sitting fourth. You know, they're they're the first place team in the NFC South. Wild San game Francisco. yesterday. Yeah, a wild game for sure. All all settled over a helmet. Oh, yeah. man. So that makes you appreciate so much more why Terry McLaurin got up and did not remove his helmet. And, and I can – and yes, I, you can't – I know why DJ Moore did. He probably thought the game was over. Well, I have but, a – Yeah, you can't do that. I have a feeling we're going to see DJ Moore is moved. And so he probably didn't really care what happened. He just was putting on a good audition tape. But anyway, Terry McLaurin did remove his helmet, but he waited till there was a timeout. 
you're absolutely right. He he knew the situation. He didn't let himself get too uh, overhyped. And just another reason why I love number 17. Yes, indeed. Um, the, 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 no, the next month, the next set four games, I think are probably some of the more important games, uh, at least at this point for Washington, obviously because of the next games. But I mean, November slate looks like this. Minnesota coming to town. You got Philly on Monday night. You're going down to Houston, and then you have Atlanta. I mean, out of that, you know, two of those teams are ahead of you, Minnesota mm-hmm. and Philly. Uh, you definitely want to try to get some wins against those teams. And then Houston, you want to hopefully go down and get a win against those guys. And Atlanta, they're pesky as hell too. So yeah. uh, these are some important games if, if this team wants to try to make a push for the playoffs. I, I think you got to be sitting at 6-6, six and six, which is 2-2 two and two over these next four games. I think all, on paper you would look at that and say – you might drop the next two, but then you win the two after that against the Texans and the Falcons. Um, but I think that's the bare minimum. But, hey, ride this momentum and go knock around your old friend Kirk Cousins next week and steal a victory and get over 500. Not just get back to 500, get over 500. So I'm not putting anything past this team. It's definitely daunting. But, um, you know, I didn't think they'd be sitting at 4-4 four and four after they were sitting at 1-4. and four. So you never know what can happen here. Yeah, that is the truth. Uh, the other the other news in the league is you're talking about Roquan Smith being traded. Yeah. Uh, the trade deadline is what tomorrow. Yeah. Trade deadline is tomorrow. So if anything's going to happen, I mean, a couple guys on uh, Washington roster. I saw a a tweet uh, or Instagram post. It was that Deami Brown had. I guess he posted something. It was a picture of him. It said free two. And there people are trying to wonder is like, is he trying to ask for a trade? Does he want out? Uh, I mean, just coming off of two touchdowns and then you can't get much uh, get much burn. I don't know. He may be a little bit frustrated as well. So, I mean, do you see any last second trades going on with Washington? I think I really think that um, had they dropped this game to the Colts, we probably would have seen something a little bit bigger. I mean, I think maybe we see a guy move, but, you know, I was seeing Antonio Gibson. I was seeing Deron Payne. I just don't feel like you can give up on this season. Like I think trading those guys uh, would admit that you think you're out of it and you're not. I mean, it's not, it's like, it's like, I'm I'm trying not to be a Homer, but you're, you're not out of it. You're right in the middle of it. You've beaten, um, you know, two of your three wins um, in this win streak have been against NFC teams, which just, you know, bumps you up one more game again over those teams. And you're right there with all the teams ahead of you still on your schedule I don't see this team being a seller. I don't see them really being a buyer either. I think they're going to stand put. I think they're going to, I think their big trade acquisition is going to be Chase Young. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's going to be really exciting. And I think down the line, I think you're going to get Jahan Dotson back. I think they're slow, slow playing that, which is the smart way to do it. So I think they're going to get a couple of in-house quote unquote trade moves um, to where I don't see a whole lot of movement for the commanders. I like that, man. You, you, you really did that because that, that all makes a lot of sense. You kind of hate to say it, but you kind of forget about Chase Young. I, yeah. He does come back. Like he's able right. to make it back onto the field. And that's a, I mean, shoot, first, first round, first round pick, man. You know, that, yeah. that's a hell of a player to get to show up and be, and be fresh uh, at the part of the year where there's been a lot of injuries and there will be injuries. Um, that's a great addition to an already effective defensive line. And, and the other one, Jahan Dotson, I think, um, 
I think if I could go back in time, I would uh, high five Ron Rivera over the summer for slow playing it with Curtis Samuel and his groin and all that from last year. Because we're seeing Curtis Samuel come up in the, the the most clutch situations. He he caught both fourth down passes yesterday to convert to to keep the, them in the game. Um, he's really kind of turning into what they thought he would be. And so I think that he is laying out the blueprint for what they want to do with Jahan Dotson too. I mean, you've talked about it since I've started doing this show with you that, you know, those, those um, tissue injuries, the hamstrings, those kind of things can linger. And it's better to have Jahan Dotson ready for you in December than have him for a game here, a game there and being in and out of the lineup. Yeah. If he's not running full speed, then it's not really any point to have him out there. Uh, I remember, shoot, I pulled my hamstring, and then Mike Shanahan sitting there looking at me. He's like, can you run? I'm like, not as fast as you need me to. <laughs> right. Um, and then at that point, there's really no point. I mean, you know, there's no point to be out there limping. And uh, But his effectiveness in the red zone, uh, you know, is something that you've seen missing uh, since he's been gone. Um and it's and it's 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 odd because he's not a big receiver. You would think right. he'd be a big six foot five, you know, somebody like that would be the most you know effective red zone threat. But this guy finds a way to get open in a phone booth. Yeah. And he snatches the ball out of the air. And I'm excited to get him to come back because he's gonna bring some electricity to it and the attention that Terry's getting and the effectiveness that Terry's been putting up and at all three levels, I mean, guys are eating. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. There's definitely a lot of good things uh, coming down the pike for Washington. I agree. So yeah, I don't know. They technically make a trade deadline move, but they got some guys coming back, and uh, hopefully they can gear up for a legitimate late season run. Um, but we'll see what goes on across the league. I think we could see a couple of big names moved. Although it'll, whenever it feels like it's going to be a big trade deadline, it feels like it kind of fizzles out and is never really too exciting. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens over these next couple of days, how the mm-hmm. NFC East, how they continue to get better. All three of those teams have to feel like they could uh, win the division. Um, so maybe a couple of moves. And so when we do our preview episode later on this week uh, of the Vikings, hopefully we'll have a, a few juicy trades to talk about, but we'll see what happens. Some shaking and shifting along the league, but Hey, your commanders are four and four right there with everything in front of them. They're sitting, they're sitting pretty. I mean, it's, it's maybe it's not as pretty as you'd like. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I can honestly say that would be uh, the giants are out there and that's not something that anybody expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly is just going crazy right now. And I don't think anybody expected all of that too. So uh, it's been an interesting year uh, for sure. It's been an exciting season. Uh, yeah. to say the least. And, and you got another game tonight uh, on Halloween night that's going down Cleveland uh, and Cincy. So, I mean, make sure y'all check out Bet Online because I saw on Bet Online, this is something that's really cool. If you pick a specific game, you scroll, scroll, scroll. They have their, like, they have particular parlays that are laid out that have different odds. So, if mm. you want to pick something that has, like, a super long shot, you can Never pick know. it. Yeah, right. It's like, hey, Jacoby Brissett will throw for like 285. I saw this one. He'll throw for 285. Hunter Henry will have 85 yards and a touchdown and then like one other thing. And I was like, well, let me go look at the stats because it's like plus 5,000. Yeah. You go look at the stats and like Jacoby averages 235. You're like, hmm, okay, I That's get you. not too much more. Yeah, well, I mean, hell, he, he ain't thrown for close to 250. But anyways, yeah. bet online. Use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get to get a little welcome bonus, but play around on there. You might find something, and you can partake in the next AAA parlay. 
That's right. And well, we appreciate those guys for bringing you the show. We appreciate you guys listening, watching, all of that. You can hear us on TuneIn and SiriusXM. Obviously, you can hear us across all platforms for podcasting and then on YouTube when this video is posted. So a bunch of ways to, to check out what we're doing. A lot of fun. Four and four the rest of the season ahead of us. I can't wait to see how the, the rest of this home stretch goes. But like I said, we'll be back later on to preview the Minnesota Vikings and old friend Kirk Cousins. But until then, enjoy the victory. But then get right back to work. Get your nose in the film room. Um, tweet us. Let us know if you have any questions or comments you want to add to the show. We love listener engagement, but we appreciate you guys checking out the show. Yes, indeed. We're on to Minnesota. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.